0: Hello, and welcome to The Bar is Loaded podcast. I'm Amy Jarvie, and The Bar is Loaded is a podcast all about powerlifting. The podcast will explore hot topics through thought-provoking conversations with coaches, sports psychologists, researchers, nutritionists, and lifters of all levels. I hope you enjoy listening, and that being part of The Bar is Loaded community inspires you and supports your growth as an athlete in this amazing sport. Excellent. Okay, cool. So, welcome back, everyone, to the bars loaded. This is season two, and we're definitely cutting off, um, starting off season two with a bang. Uh, we've got probably one of our biggest guests yet. I feel like we've kind of got like one like star guest every season. Last season we had Bobby Butters, which is actually funny that she mentioned you, Meg. She was telling telling oh, us how she uh like you're a big inspiration to her as well so um it's really excited. I'm really excited to introduce Megan Scanlon I mean if you don't know her then where have you been living (laughs) but I feel like everyone knows who you are Meg but for those who maybe don't know you um do you want to just give a quick introduction to you and um also maybe a little bit of a background as to how you even got into powerlifting
1: yeah, sure. So, um, my name is Meg, and I have been powerlifting now for I think it's about seven years or so, give or take about seven years, um, with some interruptions in the middle there. Um, but I actually got into powerlifting in a roundabout way. I feel like it's mm-hmm. a way that not many expect. I was running before. I was um, running marathons and ended up working out of a gym that had a lot of powerlifters in it. And it opened up the possibility of competing in strength as a sport, and it was the first time I was really ever introduced to that option. Um, and over time, I realized it was probably a much better option for me than running distance. <laughs> um, so slowly but surely, transitioned over to competing in powerlifting and mm-hmm. not running marathons anymore. <laughs> Although I have seen that you've like dabbled in
0: it from time to time. You've gone back to doing the odd kind of um, thing, which shows that you've got still a pretty strong cardiovascular system for a powerlifter. So that's impressive.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, when I ran, I enjoyed it, right? Like it wasn't like I didn't enjoy it and I could see progress, but I was never going to be a very competitive or an elite Mm. level runner. Um, And I saw the opportunity where I possibly could do that in a straight Mm. sport. And that was very exciting. So Mm. that kind of solidified my decision to give up, hang up my running shoes, so to speak. And, you know, every now and again, I'll go for a jog, but it's much shorter and much slower (laughs) than in the past. yeah no definitely I
0: I actually before I started powerlifting I did a lot of kind of like running and to be fair I think if I hadn't so I struggled with anorexia before coming into powerlifting and like my story is essentially like finding powerlifting and it being this way of like reclaiming like a positive association with weight gain and and kind of like feeling empowered by that and um very much like turned the way that I was exercising around. But before that, you know, had really loved um, anything intense and uh, like uh got your heart racing. And, you know, I really did enjoy running and did a bit of netball. And I think if I hadn't, you know, had those struggles, maybe you would have found me doing CrossFit or something. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that for me, powerlifting was just like this thing that I, it's almost like it almost became addictive that feeling of like getting stronger and along with that the weight gain and it just helped create that you know sort of like a positive cycle which was replacing the negative one so um I can appreciate like in my past self would have Love the feeling of a good run, but yeah, I'm definitely also very slow nowadays. <laughs> right? So like we can still enjoy it, just in a different way. <laughs> yeah, definitely, just more <laughs> a leisurely pace where you can have a
1: chat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I mean, obviously, powerlifting, like as a choice of sport for you, has been a great decision because you've made it to quite a high level. Um, do you want to maybe just talk to us a little bit about like a couple of your Like career highlights, um, any competitions that really stand out for you in your mind. I mean, I kind of know that one of them will be 2022, but, um, feel free to kind of elaborate a bit on that.
1: Yeah, sure. So for me, I almost like have two divisions of the, my time in powerlifting so far. So when Mm -hmm, I first started mm -hmm. powerlifting, I went to my first nationals and I competed as a 63, but I was a very small 63. And I kind of saw after that, I think I came in fifth, and I was like, ooh, like, I guess I could be pretty good at this. You know, if I really put all of my eggs in one basket, if I stopped trying to run and do powerlifting together, I could be pretty competitive. And I kind of took a leap um, and decided the next year that I would compete at 57, and in an effort that if I could maintain a majority of my strength, that I would be able to win nationals and have the opportunity to go to world's. And it's funny because I'm sure this will, maybe a question, but, and in my head, in the back of my head, it would put me on a quicker trajectory and timeline than if I competed at 63. Um, At the time I was 28 and Mm. recently married and like thinking about children, like having children Mm -hmm. and wanted to have an opportunity to do this before I had children, because I didn't know if it would happen afterwards. So that kind of made up my mind to cut to 57 compete at 57 and I did end up winning that nationals and going to Sweden and competing at Mm -hmm. worlds for my first time in Sweden in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, that is definitely, that is definitely one thing and decision that like, I am very proud of Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. because it was basically the first time I like went all in on myself with the belief that I would have an opportunity to win. Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. and then coming back after children, like there's definitely, I feel like every year I almost, I've had like this experience that has like, again, grown my appreciation for the sport. Um, the first year coming back and being able to go to world in South Africa, um, my goal wasn't to win and that ended up happening. And it was almost mm-hmm. like a complete, like everything flashes in front of your eyes mm-hmm. <laughs> cathartic experience of, um, my time in powerlifting so far in general, and then also just everything that had happened within the past year between, yeah, or year and a half between being pregnant, coming back to the sport, um, mm-hmm. you know, and unsure if I wanted to compete again and then ending yeah. up like really falling in love with it and having mm-hmm. the opportunity to go back to world and co- to compete at worlds again. Um, and then walking away, winning mm-hmm. that world. Um, but, <laughs> then like it's it's just like it kind of like I feel like um can build on like one experience builds on the next, right? So mm. like I walked away from twenty nineteen world very happy. I came in second. Mm. I was hoping to win. Um I came in second. I lost by like I think a kilo and a half um yeah. to Maria. Um and but it was the, the best me that I've ever had at fifty seven yeah. five four. So I was like very satisfied and happy with my performance. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of a powerlifting physical performance on meet day. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I necessarily could have done better. I just felt like I missed out on the experience because by the time mm-hmm. I got to that meet, I had to cut a lot of weight to get to 57. Yeah. So that was something I wanted to give back to myself. And that's what I yeah. felt like I did in 2022. I was mm-hmm. able to like really live in the moment and enjoy the experience
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: on meet day um and I left world in 2022, realizing that I wasn't done competing in the sport, and I like I still mm. had more, more potential there that just needed time, really. <laughs> um yeah, and so that kind of like leaped me into this year 2023 where. I just felt like the ball was rolling. And I had that belief in myself again, mm-hmm. that I could become better and I could do better and I could be competitive with the best in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And that I wanted to be, you know, mm. as well. Um, in 2023 world was by far my favorite experience at world because I feel like every from every different avenue, um, it kind of came together, both yeah physically like my performance was great um Mm -hmm. I felt great I didn't see that either I felt great physically as well like I wasn't cutting weight and then also just like my mentality going into that Mm. meet was just I was calm like I was prepared and I felt ready um and Mm -hmm. it made me enjoy Mm -hmm. the experience so much Mm.
0: yeah I actually remember like watching um you at worlds like I've I've watched you at all of those worlds that you mentioned. But one of the ones, that, like, this year, I was like, you just look like you're having so much fun. Like, you're just having the time of your yeah. life. And that is the goal. Like, that's ultimately where you want to get to. Like, and I think, you know, as a lifter who's just come out of the juniors myself and, like, going into the Open, that's, like, a journey that I'm definitely still on. Like, I think in the junior division, like, I was – selected for the junior euros team in 2022 and like i genuinely had this mindset of like this is my only opportunity it's the mm-hmm. end of the line quite similar to what you're talking about with almost mm-hmm. like pregnancy almost but like right. i'm gonna be in the open with the big boys and i'm never gonna make it kind of thing and like this right. is my only chance and i actually hated that well i didn't hate the meat it was a great experience but on the one hand i couldn't enjoy enjoy the day i remember like mm-hmm. sitting there thinking like I am like so stressed that I'm just not able to like live in this moment, and it's going to end, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna regret not living in that moment more. Um, and so I think you can, you know, it's it's continuously that journey towards that place where you can just show off a meet day and you're calm and you're collected and you're confident in your abilities, and you can just like have fun on the platform because ultimately, I mean, we wouldn't spend as many hours as we do doing this if we didn't love it, right? <laughs>
1: No, 100 percent. And I think it's that process, like just like we do for lifting and in training, we're refining what is going to work best for us. It's the same thing in terms of defining what the sport is for us and what Mm -hmm. that looks like in different seasons of our life and different times of our life and learning how to make that work for you. And competing is a skill, Mm -hmm. you know, like being on the platform is a skill when you are big. Skinner powerlifter, it's a skill to learn how to compete in general. And then when you start traveling to meets, then whether it's a national level or like, you know, um, it, that's a skill to learn how to travel and compete. And then when you're on international stages, it's like a whole nother skill, you know? So it's like these different levels that you get to experience. And like you're saying, you might think this might be my only time. And sometimes mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I feel like you have the mindset of, like the scarcity mindset almost, like I have mm-hmm. to do perfectly this mm-hmm. time, it puts so much pressure on that. One moment in time when in reality, if you still love it and you love the sport and you're going to continue, you're going to continue to get stronger. You're going to continue to have opportunities on so many different ways. Sure. Maybe it's not next year, but there is a plentiful time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um mm-hmm. And it's. I think it's a hard thing to experience and learn how to compete in the moment and really like think into it and until you realize that yes there will be a last time but like I guess this is what I tell myself now because not only am I I you know I'm in my mid-30s right so I know at some point there will be a last time Right. Mm -hmm. Where you're like just coming into the open. I'm like, well, I have five years until I'm after. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) okay. Like there will be a point where it is my last time. And I want to make sure whatever time it is, because I may know it may be my decision or maybe not my decision. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I want to make sure whatever my last experience is, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm really Mm -hmm. there sinking it in because when I look back at it, I want to make sure that I did everything in my power to do my best on that day and I Mm -hmm. perform my best when I'm in the moment and like having fun and doing it for myself a hundred percent I think that's it's just a really important
0: thing for like all of the listeners and like just athletes in general competing in powerlifting like if you are just living in that moment and enjoying the experience like you're gonna go away with so much more of like a high and like those good memories than if you're like constantly worrying about oh what did I do this right did I do that what's this lifter doing and this kind Mm -hmm. of comparison mindset as well which I think can become super prevalent especially in like an age of social media where powerlifting is like really big on social media there's a lot Mm -hmm. of like comparison is like if that person did really well am I progressing at the same rate as them am I ever going to catch up to them and like Mm -hmm. on me day all those comparison thoughts too and it's like learning it's such a skill to learn to drown out that noise and just like stay in your own lane and like Mm -hmm. that be like where you're having the it is honestly the most fulfilling experience when you kind of get into that flow state and it's like this is my moment you know
1: Mm -hmm. yeah 100% agree with you and it's you know there's ebbs and flows like I'm making it sound like oh this is this is easy no it's not and there's gonna be times where it happens and there's gonna be times where it doesn't but it's just learning mm. from the times that you walk away and you're like, ooh, like, I wish I experienced this a little bit different or did this a little bit differently. Or like you said, stayed in my lane a little bit more, knowing that everyone's mm. going to progress differently and then yeah. everyone's going to see peaks peaks in their training and performances differently. Um, And what do I have to do to change that for next time in myself? Because I can't do anything about any of the other lifters. Um, mm-hmm. I can only do things that are going to affect me.
0: Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Um, that's great. I think what we'll do is we'll move on a little bit more to, to focus in on your pregnancy journey. So I think it's mm-hmm. really an inspiring story, the fact that you you know, you compete as a fifty seven, you compete at a high level. And I think so many of us have that mindset as females when we go, Okay, right, well, I've got X amount of years and then mm-hmm. that's when I need to be at my best and then I'm gonna have kids and then you know, that's that's it. Like that's like the cut off, but I think it's we are seeing like a change in terms of the way that people are thinking about that. And I think your story is a really important one of like actually going on to be an even higher level than you've ever been mm-hmm. before, you know, like winning worlds after having given birth and in a different weight class. So like yeah. it's the, just really it's really impressive and it's one of the reasons I think people think you're super inspirational. Um but yeah, a couple of questions on that. So How did you decide when to take that break of when to have Mm -hmm. kids? Because I know that's a really tricky decision for, like, a lot of people considering it.
1: It it is. It's very, very challenging. And I always told myself, like, I need to feel like I'm ready Mm -hmm. in whatever that means. Right? Because I feel like honestly, you never, you're never going to feel like I'm a hundred percent ready because your life is about to change. Right? Um, and I'm not saying like I wanted children. You know what I mean? Like it was something I really Mm -hmm. wanted. So for me, it wasn't a matter of if it was just when, but Mm -hmm. in terms of deciding, like, is there ever really a perfect time? You know, like I don't know, probably not. (laughs) Um, but I knew that I was ready after I competed in Arnold, um, and I didn't do the greatest, but I had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Like I really enjoyed the experience, but I didn't necessarily like have a PR meet or anything. And I walked away Mm -hmm. from that with a lesson of, I can still have fun, even if I'm not necessarily the best, right? Like the Mm -hmm, goal doesn't mm -hmm. have to be to come back and be the best and go to world. The goal could be to do well for me and have fun in this sport. And I'm going to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, mentally right like moreover um and so it was kind of after that experience that I knew I was ready to get pregnant and have a child um just a kind of shifted mindset I guess
0: yeah definitely no that's that's really interesting I think it actually it's fascinating as well how that mindset of changing something from like a must to a can Mm -hmm. Um, and, like, in your head, instead of it being like, I have to be the best, it's like, I am still content enjoying this if I, you know, never get to that level again. Like, I can, and, and, like, settling that in yourself. Because I think, like, generally, that's quite an important thing as a lifter to be able to settle within your own mind. Because there's, like, this mm-hmm. amount of people that actually get to, you know, win worlds or whatever. And if you're constantly going to be beating yourself up for not right. being that person. Like you're going to struggle, you know, like mentally is a little 100 percent.
1: Yeah. And I think in a way of putting this of like everyone could understand, say, Mm. you know, I was okay with the fact that I might never hit the same numbers. Yeah. Never mind get better. But I was okay with I might not be able to hit the same numbers, but whatever it looks like, I can still be competitive within myself. I can still try to better myself, but it might not look like it does right now. And that's okay. (laughs) Like, I'm okay (laughs) giving that up so that I can have children and, like, can start a family. Yeah, definitely. Um. So did you... I know that you lifted throughout
0: your pregnancy, yeah. which is probably the thing that's got like the whole internet commenting on like your videos and stuff like that, because it seems to be the one thing that everybody has an opinion on on social media. Um, <laughs> true. Did, you, uh, did you always intend to lift throughout your pregnancy and like how did your lifting change throughout that journey?
1: Uh, I always thought I'd do something. Um, and mm-hmm. I was pregnant during COVID. So it was kind of like right. a fami- familiar thing that I could do during pregnancy, mm-hmm. during a time where the world was very unfamiliar and being pregnant. So like my body was very unfamiliar as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was like a, something that I could rely on that was like good old faithful. Like I knew what to expect when I walked into the gym. So it was more so that than I was trying to train for, like I wasn't training for anything specific. Yeah. It was just yeah. I really like squatting and benching and deadlifting and I really like lifting in general so I'm going to continue mm-hmm. that because it makes me feel good. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And it did change. Like there was ebbs and flows throughout my pregnancy with training. Um and in the, like the first trimester it was more so like energy levels were very mm-hmm. low and we had a kind of a rocky road at the beginning of my pregnancy. So mm-hmm. mentally like it was very up and down. So mm. it wasn't necessarily that my training looked that different, but it was just the frequency and the consistency was very different than my typical yeah. training. Yeah. Um, and then as I progressed, like my second trimester, I felt the most like myself. <laughs> so yeah. I was pretty normal. My training in my second trimester was pretty normal, except I did start to get big very quickly because I had twins. Um, <laughs> and towards the end of the second trimester and into the third trimester, I did have to modify like a lot. Yeah not because of any red flag, mostly just because of my like legitimate body size. Um, yeah, And like <laughs> yeah. what was comfortable and like my center of mass and gravity was so thrown off. So like yeah. I would do squats to boxes and deadlift mm. off mm. of blocks, but it still looked like a squat and a deadlift. Um, yeah. And a bench um, as well. So I never completely took those out. They just got modified a little mm. bit.
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I think, I suppose, like, as a follow-on question, like, in terms of the medical professionals that you were dealing with Mm -hmm. at the time, what was their response to this, and did you get any kind of, like, resistance,
1: and what did that look like? How did you navigate that? It's interesting, and I feel very, very, very lucky. I was so upfront with my Mm. um, medical providers, the first time I ever talked to my, um, I went to a midwife doctor team and I talked to the midwife first Mm. and told her, I know that you just said lift, you know, 30 pounds, no more than 30 pounds, but I just need to tell you that this is a, you know, a big part of my life is lifting. And I want to be able to lift throughout my pregnancy and I don't need to set any PRs, but I want it to feel like I'm lifting something. Like I don't want to, you know, squat Mm. 30 pounds for nine months because that's not going to really register as doing much work. So once I kind mm-hmm. of explained to her what I typically did, um, first she was like, are you serious? <laughs> She's like, how much do you spot? I'm like, like 400. She's like, okay. She's like, throw the <laughs> pounds out the window because I understand what you're saying. Um, They were very supportive and I worked with a pelvic floor physical therapist as well and mm-hmm. they were everyone was very supportive in terms of like work within how you feel, look out for certain things, right? Like some of it just has mm-hmm. to do with Energy and like literally how you feel, um, but also like pelvic floor heaviness or bleeding and things like that throughout your pregnancy that would be flags yeah. to slow down,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Because that was like a question I was going to ask as well is like, how did you because I think that's quite a difficult thing is like, I think what people find almost a bit scary about that mm-hmm. is it's like, well, how will I know what's safe and
1: what's not safe? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that is like, how do you know? Right, so I think for me, like, like trying to educate myself as best as possible, helped me feel so much more confident in the gym. Mm-hmm. And there are a plethora of resources out there. Some are free, and some are not free. Um, and yeah. I use both. Right, like some were courses, and some were like free information that physical therapists post online. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. Um, and strength professionals post online, and some was I list. I would watch like documentaries that CrossFit athletes had made on their pregnancy, so it was kind of the closest thing I could find. Um, yeah. in their training, right. Um, and that made me feel a lot more confident in my decisions in the gym. Um, because technically, like I had a, I guess, I don't know why I'm using these quotes because it's the <laughs> Like my pregnancy was technically high risk. And some, yeah. people, some doctors wouldn't even recommend training or working out in general. Um, mm. you know, having multiples. Um, but because of my background and because I had like a high level of training prior to pregnancy,
0: um yeah.
1: they were willing to kind of work with me through it and help me again like educate me on what out to look out for um and I really think that in the end it allowed me to carry my pregnancy longer um mm. because some of these things that come along with high-risk pregnancies um that w- I was looking out for beyond like training was like high blood pressure um and preeclampsia mm. and mm. yeah I did end up having those things, but they were much, much later than everyone thought it was going to happen.
0: Yep. Yep. Okay. That's really interesting because I think that's something that is often overlooked is actually the positive benefits of lifting when you're mm-hmm. in pregnancy. I think people focus on like the negatives and I think it's also a bit of a generational thing. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure if I'd said to my mum, I intend on lifting through my pregnancy, her first reaction is like, Are yeah. you actually insane? Um right. And I think a lot of it is an education piece, right? Because people mm-hmm. just don't know the benefits as well. And I think it's it's a cost-benefit analysis as well. Like, okay, there are risks, but there are risks with pregnancy anyways. Mm-hmm. And there's also a whole lot of benefits. And, you know, I've even read things about how, like, it can actually lead to as like an easier delivery in some cases as well um you know resistance training um and also i think as well like we as powerlifters cuz of the way that we brace and things like that um we do like train a lot of like even like pelvic floor muscles and stuff that's something that some powerlifters will train as uh, to prevent things like you know incontinence or whatever so it's maybe something that some of these things could potentially help i'm not 100% sure if that is true um
1: but yeah Um, Any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I even think as lifters and as athletes, we typically tend to have better body awareness than, say, general population, right? And that's to have better body awareness while you're pregnant and going through delivery and postpartum Mm. is can help tremendously. It's Mm. just shedding yourself of. The kind of like athlete mindset of this like, you need to push through everything. Like this is not the time yeah. to push through everything. It's the time to actually <laughs> listen to those little cues that your body are, is telling you. That typically you're like no, no, like shove it down. <laughs> like, no, like let it come up, let it breathe. <laughs> it was telling you um, because we can be so in tune with our body, and that can help tremendously um, as long as we listen to that little voice in our head. Um, it can help a lot during pregnancy and also after. I also wonder what it would be like, looking back at my like postpartum experience, what yeah. it would have been like, had I stopped training, because um, obviously mm-hmm. I would have lost, I lost a lot of muscle anyways, <laughs> while I was yeah. pregnant, <laughs> a tremendous yeah, yeah. amount of muscle, what it would have been like after, and I think the recovery would have been a lot longer.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because obviously it's quite an extended period of time to go from something that you do religiously, like, every week to, like, it not being a part of your life at all. And I can imagine as well, like, apart from the physical benefits, the mental benefits of just having that consistency, mm-hmm. especially when, you know, in Covid, <laughs> that's adding right. insult to injury, right? You know, that's something we needed some sort of outlet in that time as well. Um, and I, I suppose related to all of this as well, like, One of the things I think a lot of people, not just people like myself who've had a background with maybe like body image issues, but I think generally athletes and someone who's been as lean as you in the past Mm -hmm. as well, how did you kind of navigate the fact that there were so many changes to your physical body as an athlete and how you felt about that? Because I think that's something that makes quite a lot of athletes quite apprehensive about pregnancy.
1: Um, I think while I was pregnant, I didn't, I think like, they didn't register. That sounds so strange. <laughs> um, but I think because of how my pregnancy unfolded and being mm-hmm. a bit rocky and then being high risk and having no idea when I would actually give birth and what it would look like, yeah. I had to let go of so many expectations I had of when I was going to get pregnant and have a, a baby.
0: Because when I got,
1: when I decided to get pregnant, I thought I'm going to get pregnant and have a baby. And I'm going to, you know, you know, like most people, like I'm going to carry my baby to full term and have a nice natural delivery. <laughs> and once things started to unfold, I was like, all right, I have to basically take this picture I had in my head and throw it out the window. But I yeah. wasn't necessarily even thinking about all of the changes that were physically happening in my body until the very end. And why I say the very end is just because Doing simple things got much harder, like walking yes. up the stairs, um, yes. picking yes. things up and moving them got much harder. And that's mm-hmm. when I started to realize how greatly my body had changed over the course <laughs> of nine months. <laughs> um, and I think more so the changes registered postpartum than while yes. I was pregnant.
0: Yeah. So do you want to chat a little bit about your postpartum experience? Because I know that you you did struggle with some challenges and it took quite a lot of kind of Uh, work on your part and kind of rehabilitation to get your body kind of back in a state where it was working with you
1: yeah so postpartum I was very lucky in the sense of I was able to start moving I had a c-section I was able to start moving um Mm -hmm. and doing like simple like core reconnection and pelvic floor reconnection about two weeks after after right. like two-ish weeks and then just ever so slowly progressed body weight things like two to four weeks postpartum and then ever so, so slowly started touching weight and when I mean touching I mean like 10 pounds <laughs> you know yeah um but <laughs> that like you're saying helped me so much mentally because it gave yeah, me a sense yeah. of familiar familiarity with something during a time mm-hmm, I had no mm-hmm. idea what I was doing as a new mother um yeah so I felt like I may not know what I'm going to do in 23 and a half hours every day, but in that half hour, I know what I'm doing. And like that is yeah, making me yeah. feel really good. Um, so that's kind yeah. of why I started. And then as I progressed relatively linearly, um, and mm. as weights got heavier, that's when I started to realize while well, my strength was coming back, there were parts of my body that were lagging, so to speak. Um, and mm. that was largely for me, like diastasis and just the actual tension I was able to, Create in my core. Um, and that yeah. took a very long time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get to the level it was prior to pregnancy. Um, yeah. Very yeah. long time. And it improved, but it took a very long time, like almost two years. <laughs> yeah. A long time, <laughs> which to me, I thought, um, I guess I didn't realize one that it could keep improving for that long. Mm. if that mm-hmm. makes sense um mm-hmm. and to that it would necessarily take that long
0: yeah yeah but I think wow. one of the things with all of that I remember actually watching you do you doing videos of like a million core exercises over like <laughs> a long period of time yeah um but ultimately it's at that point where what you were kind of talking about way before, that just love of the process and just like doing this and doing whatever you can do. Yeah, that's when it really kind of comes into its own because it's like, okay, right, this might take a long time and it might take longer than I thought it was going to take, but I'm just going to enjoy this process and it's gonna have to take as long as it takes right um and I thought it was quite inspirational that you know like it was gradually you saw like those core exercises getting a little bit more complex um and before you knew it you're back squatting
1: like that 400 pounds plus like um on the world stage so you know yeah and I'm very lucky that in my life because I grew up doing sports too like I never really had a say season-ending injury right like incredibly lucky so this was the first time where I really was held back by healing if we put it that way for an extended period of time and it gave me a a new kind of like a new gratitude I guess and to Mm -hmm. being healthy and the body doing what it's supposed to do but it also made me realize how cool (laughs) like (laughs) the human body and the female body is um it's like truly amazing um And there were points in time where I would say to myself, there's no way it's gonna be any better, like get me better. It's been a year. I'm a year mm-hmm. postpartum. There's no way my core, my diastasis can still improve. Um, but it did and it can. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the patience and the consistency, which I feel like you hear all the time in relationship <laughs> to force and powerlifting. Um, yeah. but even in the times where like I was ready to say, like, maybe this is it, maybe it won't improve. Yeah it still can, you know, like there is still a way. It's just figuring out what you need at that point in time.
0: A hundred percent. And kind of on that, what advice might you maybe give to a pregnant person just now or a new mother who loves to lift and is feeling quite frustrated at that process and just the impact of pregnancy or postpartum on their lifting and their strength and just that
1: recovery period? Mm-hmm. I think two things one is definitely I know I mentioned it before but just while you are pregnant trying to shut down your athlete brain and just be in the moment <laughs> like enjoy and be grateful that you are lifting and I don't mean that mm-hmm, in the sense mm-hmm. of like be grateful you're lifting you could there's a <laughs> potential you wouldn't be able to do it but I mean like truly like what it is giving you um, yes. in the in the season of pregnancy in general and how mm-hmm. much it you know it, you're maintaining your strength but also it's helping you mentally as well um Mm -hmm. and postpartum is give yourself grace and time every Mm -hmm. single person is different and even every person is different pregnancy to pregnancy so no pregnancy or postpartum experience is ever going to be the same some are going to be smooth and some are going to be a little bit rocky and that's okay like it is your own story and it's your own process and just let it unfold and give yourself grace because I feel like a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves and that sometimes there's nothing we could do differently Mm -hmm. and we just have to give it time
0: yeah no that's really really good advice it's just about that switching off the athlete brain is a really good one and just kind of because that is so true like there's so many times we'll we'll get in the gym we're like I'm tired something aches there's a niggle here Mm -hmm. but I've got to get this squat done and I'm gonna do it and I'm just gonna dig deep and I'm gonna do it and it's about actually you know like I suppose as well it's actually a really lovely phase of phase of life and kind of like putting it mm-hmm. into perspective it's like look I've got my whole life to lift weights but like this mm-hmm. is nine months and it will be over and then I'll have kids and then this phase will be over and, and time does actually move so fast and sometimes living in the moment and actually listening to your body and appreciating that time that you're in can probably be one of the best ways to really deal with it instead of just wishing it away you know.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, it's, it's easy, especially when you are postpartum to want to get back to where you are right away. Yeah, um, yeah. But in almost like having that little, like, not anger, that might not be the right word or resentment that your body's not, mm-hmm. not doing what you want it to do. But in reality, yeah. your body is doing so much, right? <laughs> yeah. Your body is human. Um, <laughs> but then also, like, gave birth and is recovering. And you're yeah. taking care of a newborn. So there's already so many factors and so much on your plate in that early postpartum phase that wasn't there beforehand so giving yourself that little extra space and realizing that for a while days might feel very different and that's okay yeah you know and and for a while you may not be where you want to be but you're still heading in the right direction yeah
0: yeah a hundred percent I totally agree with that um, I guess as also after you gave birth to not just one newborn but two newborns, yeah. which <laughs> double the trouble um but i I guess like between that point and going on to win worlds in twenty twenty two you would have had to do a lot of training whilst also navigating being a new mum, and I know that that's mm-hmm. something you've kind of spoken about quite a lot in terms of how you managed that but but how, how did you navigate getting your training in because I think that is something that people get say okay well I'm going to have young kids like how is this going to happen like how is this going to work
1: it has changed so much depending throughout the past three years so initially mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was very small chunks part of it was because I was recovering and I was deconditioned and I couldn't lift that much anyways but it would just be very consistent but short periods of time um, yeah. So whether it be like 20 or 30 minutes, but most days of the week. And then as I transitioned mm-hmm. into the more formal training, and it began to look like more formal training, many times I'm lucky to have a home gym. So I would mm-hmm, mm-hmm, do it when they were napping. And if they woke up, I'd bring them in. They couldn't go yep. anywhere yet. <laughs> so it was pretty easy. <laughs> it was actually once they started moving that things got tricky. And for a while, I actually stepped back. There was like a six-month period that I stepped back and mm. didn't know if I wanted to power lift anymore and if I right. wanted that stress in my life at that point in time. Mm. Um, and throughout those six months, I kind of rediscovered like my love for powerlifting and what it meant yeah. for me to power lift. And I made kind of two choices. One was that I wanted to include them in the gym when I could and when it was safe to do mm. that. And the Mm. second was I also needed to go to a gym, (laughs) like a powerlifting gym for some of my sessions to get back into the community of powerlifting and train with other powerlifters and have that outlet outside of always being a mom, if that makes sense. Like turning that part of my brain off and allowing myself to have something different. And that has made such a huge difference in the past year for Mm. me. Mm.
0: Yeah. Like totally. Because I think, as much as it's wonderful to have and it's always so cute when you post videos of like them like emulating you yeah. and like trying to copy <laughs> you and stuff it's so sweet but at the same time like um in that environment you're like constantly mum whereas mm-hmm. like you need that space to be like Megan the powerlifter in the powerlifting right. gym with the community who can just forget about everything and not what they're touching over there or have the pick this up or um yeah I can just focus on you um I think that's actually really important to have that space
1: yeah and allowing myself to have it at first would make me feel very guilty but I realized that it made me better when I was with them um like giving myself that the kind of like space away made me better when I was actually physically with them um yeah but yeah if I train with them now in the gym it's very it's <laughs> funny it's funny but it takes forever <laughs> it's a very long time <laughs> it's, our, it's packed on an additional hour to an hour and a half for the training session <laughs> yeah it's so cute though I love how they've got like their own little
0: barbells and everything like it's just so adorable and I, I think it's just it's such a nice thing to like see them copying you as well and like actually you know like in their own way kind of trying looking up to you and I think that like that must be so rewarding as well
1: it is and at the end of the day I just want them them to learn like that their bodies are powerful and they can do whatever they want to do it it doesn't need to what like they can do whatever makes them feel good and powerful like yeah but it's just like a way of literally showing them that
0: hundred percent it's not like you've got like some megan's book camp for like powerless <laughs> three-year-olds it's like it's far more no. just about like giving that because yeah. you know kids want to copy you as well like they want yeah, that but- space and it shows that you're, like, you're seeing them and you're giving them that space to kind of learn stuff about their own body and how it, how it works mm-hmm. and, and how powerful it is, too, um, which I think is actually a really lovely thing. And whatever they do in life will set them up well, like, for sure.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's such a low-cost way, too, to just for them to see, like, oh, I practice this and I become better. Yeah, right. 100%. It's such a low cost. In between snacks. <laughs> In between their snacks, I'm practicing this. Oh, and I'm doing it better than I did last time. And, like, it's such a – because they're almost three now, so, like, they're picking up yeah. on that, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, that is really, really cool.
0: And I thought it was interesting that you were saying that getting back into a perilous community was a big thing because, honestly, like, I – trained got kit and trained by myself in lockdown and Mm -hmm. after lockdown continued to do that and thought oh great work-life balance this is fab Mm -hmm. like I can train in my living room and I can work in my living room and then probably about a year in I was like I am like not coping with this and I've suddenly realized that like I need to get into a space with other people who love this because what had attracted, you know, I got into, um, powerlifting at university, which is, I think, where lots of people get into it. Yeah. And it was the community that, like, drew me in. Like, the powerlifting community is an amazing place. I mean, the fact that I can DM you on Instagram and you're like, yep, no, I'll give you an hour of my time to chat about pregnancy and powerlifting. Like, it's just such a supportive community. And not having that does it, you don't realize how much it's affecting you until you're back in it um Mm -hmm. it's actually super powerful and really helps I think it's a big motivator particularly post-pregnancy where you do have all of those challenges as well like you need
1: that that support 100% it can get you out of your head tremendously (laughs) you know and just allow you to thrive off of their belief in you (laughs) sometimes um but that was, it was a, it was a big step for me to go back to the gym. And now it's funny because mm-hmm. it's been a while since I did that, probably like a year or so, maybe even two years that I started like going regularly to the gym. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. And now if I fall into the habit again of just training at home, because it's easy, like you're saying, you don't have to go yes. physically. You don't have to spend the 40 minutes going to and from the gym. It's quicker, yes. et cetera everyone will say to me i'll get to a point in training and be like you need to go back to the gym <laughs> <laughs> like you need to go train with your friends because it shows in your training and i'm like okay 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 i get it <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so true though i can lift so much more like when i've got people around me just like they yeah. cheering me on for sure like it like on was it saturday yeah on Saturday I went into the gym had a really poor squat session um and my my bench was okay but it was like oh it's okay and I'd had these really high hopes for it and I was like oh I just want to pack up and go home but then I was like I still have deadlifts to do like fine I'll lower my expectations but then I did, like, my 160 warm-up, and everyone was like, Amy, that was fast. Like, that was actually really fast. And so having that community around me where I was like, oh, I don't think I can't. Like, they were like, go 170, and I was like, I don't think so. I don't think it's there. And they were like, no, load 170, like, do it. Mm -hmm. And, like, actually having somebody push me to do it and, like, having everyone around me being like, right, come on, Like, I genuinely don't think I would have been able to pull that weight if it hadn't been for having everyone around me in that environment. Mm -hmm. I think it can really change a session where you do feel a bit beat up and, like, not great. It can give you that, like, extra bit of extra few kilos that you otherwise wouldn't have, essentially.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I can leave you, like, you probably left the gym feeling a lot better about the session in general or, like, the day in general than if you were at home yeah 100 percent. because
0: then you just want to get back to normal life and it's like yeah. a bit deflating you know isn't it um yeah. and you can always find a starbucks on the way home from the gym to get yourself <laughs> a, a compensatory <laughs> coffee for that's what always happens you know if i've had a bad oh, session so you'll funny. find me in starbucks with like a pumpkin spice latte or something that's funny. <laughs> uh, um okay but i'll just wrap it up um because this has been a super interesting conversation. Um, But I think um, just to wrap it up, do you think uh, for our listeners, if they could take away one thing, say they're either considering um, pregnancy or um, then they have apprehensions about it or they're actually experiencing that journey right now, and what would be one thing from this discussion that you would want them to remember?
1: Um, I think the first thing that I just, Wish I heard other people talk about and even like now thinking like, am I going to have more children is like, it's Mm -hmm. okay to like say that out loud. Like that lifting is part of your decision and like when and if you want to get pregnant. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's a very taboo thing. Um, yeah, to say out loud, like that's okay that it's part of your consideration. Um, Mm -hmm, because you mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. going to be changing it significantly. Um, and when it does happen, when you are ready for it, just like sink into it, like allow it to happen. And just similar to how you experience lifting, like, pregnancy is a very cool thing that your body is doing physically, right? Like, lifting is a cool thing our body does physically. Pregnancy is also a very cool thing that your body does mm-hmm, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to experience that is, like, one of the greatest things, right? Um, like, it's just giving me so much more respect for my body in general mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm, what it can mm-hmm. do. Mm -hmm. Um, both on the platform and even just like in day to day Mm -hmm. I get definitely less caught up in body image than I did prior Mm. to pregnancy
0: that's actually so interesting because I do think sometimes there's this perception that it will be harder after pregnancy but I think like you're saying pregnancy can give you such an appreciation of your body not just necessarily for what it like looks like from the outside but like how powerful it actually is and like what it can actually achieve um Mm -hmm. for sure and that probably and also I'm sure giving birth puts life into perspective
1: (laughs) (laughs) apart from anything else (laughs) yeah Yeah. um but yeah I just think in general and I think that it's the narrative is changing too with lifting during pregnancy or training during pregnancy Mm -hmm. and also just open discussions about like even the decision. Of when you got pregnant and how that fits in with being an athlete and what Mm -hmm. it might look like for you postpartum and how different that might be, athlete to athlete, Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much, Meg. This has been like such an interesting discussion, and I'm sure like all of the listeners will agree that um it's been really really useful and for lot I'm sure like quite a lot of our audience is probably around my age and or maybe slightly older and this is something that they are considering so I'm sure it'll be really relevant for for lots of people so thank you for your time
1: yeah you're welcome it was great to chat
0: I really hope you enjoyed that episode of the bar is loaded podcast. If you did, please like it, download it and feel free to give our podcast a rating as well. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at bar is loaded underscore podcasts.
1: Hopefully see you next time.